Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. This is John Clore. I'm the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, and my co-host is none other than Mike Ray, the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, and what we call the Mustang Hobby Guru. Tonight, you are on the Ford Performance Edition, and we've got a very special guest, because when you talk about Ford Performance, we're going to talk about Ford Performance when it was earned the hard way, a quarter mile at a time, <laughs> by one of our great friends, Sam Oxier Jr. Sam, welcome to the show. I thank you for for inviting me. You know, this is a special honor here to be uh, in, in your guys' uh, presence. You know, it just uh, I I hope I turn out okay. You know. Well, Mike, you have your boots on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. But I got to get the audience attention for a second here, and uh, <laughs> we need to recognize something today, guys. And today is our our host uh, John Clore's birthday today. So oh, let's everybody gosh. wish him a happy birthday. Oh, please, hey, God, John. No. Happy birthday, buddy. What is it, the, the 89th? or I keep, I keep turning 50. I think yeah. I have a broken uh, odometer. <laughs> I sent you a gift. You get it? <laughs> After 50, it makes that clicking noise. Yeah, right, exactly. Either that or it's my knee from an old hockey injury. Anyway, <laughs> it's not about me, Mike, thank you, but it's about Sam, because, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Sam Oxer Jr. is, then you have not paid attention to the history of Ford performance. Uh, Sam, back in the early 60s, started racing uh, for with his dad. I guess his dad and his brother Rick got him into a race team. He raced those great uh, com Comets, the AFX cars. He raced for Tasca Ford. And eventually he said, you know what? I'm going to go race um, and make a name for myself on my own. And then he really started uh, cranking it up. He was running uh, Mustangs with a 427 tunnel port before he even had the sock motors. And I met Sam at Carlisle in 2008 when um, he, uh, he actually recreated his 69 Mustang tunnel port 427. And Sam, is it true? Because I really never got to, to talk to you about that car. Because once I met you, I thought, geez, I know a racing celebrity. And every year we would go to the, the, the luncheon at Carlisle and we'd talk. And then in the afternoon, you'd have me on your show. And by God, that was a lot of fun. You had Mike Ray as well. Right. I never really asked you about that car. I mean, the 427 tunnel port, that had to be a totally different beast than the sock motors. Oh, yeah. That was a totally different uh, engine. Uh, it still was the sh the short block was, um, uh, well, not the short block, but the block itself was still a uh, 427 side oiler engine. Right. But uh, the tunnel port heads were special. Yeah, and you you built uh, they, that engine yourself now in that car as well as in the recreation car. Yes, both cars uh, or both engines were were uh, built uh, by myself, and also uh, actually any car from '65 and newer, uh, I built every engine there was. So. Uh, after uh after i learned how to do it but uh, yeah. <laughs> mike mike did you see mike mike ray and i are talking about you sam because we both like i said we've once uh we keep going to carlisle we see your show now tell me how you i mean we all know the terror you caused along the east coast match racing you were just you were the ford guy to root for 
Uh, and when you got that well, 69, I'm telling you, you know, I love the AFX cars, the Comet. Some guy told me at Carlisle that if you, Sam himself, built that engine, doesn't he know that you, know, you put Mercury valve covers on that 427? <laughs> you know, we did that uh, on most of the engines to, to give the clearance uh, for the rocker arms. A lot of those 427 valve covers were very tight to the, to the valve train. So by using the Mercury covers, it gave us some more room. Uh, not worrying about uh, anything, uh, any interference fit. Uh, and the engine itself, those cylinder heads only came over the counter or from Ford. Uh, they did not uh, come on any car. And Ford would send me cylinder heads that were, they did not need port and polish. They were smooth cast uh, engines. And uh, so therefore, when you got them, you pretty much were ready to put the valves in them and do all the other work to them. Of course, it still took a lot of work, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, great engine. Put out, uh, you know, I don't know how much difference between the high riser tunnel port and the camera. Uh, the, the camera was absolutely my favorite engine, but uh, the tunnel port was uh, not too far behind it as far as horsepower goes. Uh, today, I could have done a lot things different and really probably added another 30 40 horsepower to it oh but, we wouldn't uh, want you to do that you were, no. you were crazy enough back then mike and i were always talking about your exploits and one question we've ever really never asked you is how in the heck did you get into racing was it your dad well we here's how it started and this is a sort of a crazy i'm gonna back up real quick because i don't want to eat up a lot of extra time that you all don't have but uh I'm going to back up to when I was a kid. We used to, we lived out in the country and there was a Sinclair gas station down in front of where I lived. We lived about 500 foot off the road and, and there was a Sinclair gas station down there. And of course, every day after school, I'm down there at the gas station getting my uh, mechanical education uh, as, as well as my sex education <laughs> all came from that gas station right there. See, so <laughs> So anyway, uh, this guy comes in, customer comes in, he says, oh, I got an old Ford at, uh, in my garage, been there 20-some years, whatever. And so I said, well, how much you want? He said, oh, I want uh, like $25 for it. I'm going like $25. Okay, I'll dig up $25. Anyway, I dug it up, and he, they were, he was about, uh, I don't know, uh, 10 mile away from me. So I, I conned a couple of guys into helping me because I didn't have a driver's license. Going and getting the car and towing it back to the gas station. I tow it back to the gas station. I get it there, and the the, the engine is locked up tighter than bark on a tree. And so the, we we said, well, you know, there was a the guy that owns the gas station was his name was Mr. Rabbit, and Mr. Rabbit, uh, he says, you know, pull all the spark plugs out of it and pour some kerosene down there. We go like, okay. You know, I don't know any different. I pour kerosene down there. I wait, uh, you know, like eight or 10 hours and I go back and I get a couple of guys. We push it back and forth. We try and uh, break it loose, won't break loose. So he says, well, take that suction ball, take the, the kerosene out of there and uh, put uh, gasoline down there. So, oh, that's a good idea. Oh. We take, do that, put gasoline down there and, uh, uh, we said, well, let's rock it a little bit. On, it only had a little concrete pad in front of the gas pumps. 
So we take rocket back and forth and, and it won't break loose. So, so Mr. Rabbit says, I tell you what, let's light each one of them spark plugs with a match. <laughs> so we light the spark plugs with a match. <laughs> so help me. That we rocked that thing back and forth. This just got a little flicker on it, right? When that engine broke loose, there was fire shooting 20 foot in the air on all eight cylinders. It's a <laughs> miracle you're still alive. Mike, we, he lucked out. He's still alive. He I'm still alive. As a kid. <laughs> anyway, move on from there. Anyway, so that's where that my was, start. That started your love for cars, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I was almost but we had a racetrack up in the woods, and we'd take that car, we'd run that thing until we run out of gas and then got to go find money. But uh, anyway, later on in life, uh, when I got to be about 17, 18 or so, uh, my dad um, really was interested in cars, interested in NASCAR. So mm -hmm. he'd take me to NASCAR, every NASCAR race we could possibly get to, we'd go there. And uh, so his love of the sport, love of cars, mm -hmm. uh, came about from, from going there in NASCAR. And so there, um, I happened to be going down. Uh, here's another happen story. I happened to be going down uh, uh, this back road uh, down in a little village area, uh, back and and to see if uh, uh, see a girl down there. And no. so anyway, I, that really wasn't me. But anyway, I did it. But anyway, I went down there, and and I uh, on my way back, I, I came out, and and it, this village was was just a a post-war type setup it was just little two-bedroom homes and they were next to each other on top of each other anyway i come out of there and i drive down the street there i go a different way i come out i come to the end of the street and there's a there's a comet sitting on a trailer out there mm. and there's a 427 comet afx car i'd never i didn't even know what the hell it was you know <laughs> so i get out i stop i go talk to the to the two of them there uh, and uh, anyway they said oh do you want to help us oh yeah sure i'll help you what do you want me to do <laughs> no i'm going <laughs> yeah so anyway uh from there it it just grew my my dad uh, uh became very involved at that time uh he was the manager of the operation and we started out uh racing uh with him uh doing the the bookings and the the so that, so Sam that work. was with the Moyer racing team the Moyers that was with Moyer yeah although Moyer never really did anything for us yeah you but, got uh, so you <laughs> drove and your dad kind of financed it and ran it and how did well you my the, the the guys I ran into started you know they actually were racing it then and then uh, the, the guy that actually drove it uh, he disappears he doesn't show up anymore at the racetrack so anyway we. Uh, first time I, we look around, I'm at, we're down in Suffolk, Virginia, and it was a, a 16 car field. And, uh, so anyway, get down there and I knew Bob, I just knew Bob, he, he just like gave you that feeling like he's not going to show up today. And <laughs> so we waited and waited for him to show up and, and the qualifying's getting ready to go. And, and we sat there and, and I'm going like, uh, you know, and everybody, there's three of us and they're saying, well, who's going to drive? You know, and they, they look, finally look at me and said, uh, well, you're going to have to drive. I said, <laughs> what? I said, I, I don't, you know, I never drove this car, you know. So, uh, so anyway, uh, they said, well, you got to do it. So, I don't know, you know, so anyway, I, uh, I, I 
get in there and uh, I go down, I qualify and uh, I don't know how, but um, I come back and we get ready and, and bang, 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 one after the other. First, any kind of AFX race like this and I get down there and I get in the final round and I win the race. You know, my foot was shaking so bad on that clutch pedal. You couldn't even imagine. I needed like both feet on it to keep it to the floor. But <laughs> anyway, that's where it all started. And from there, it just sprang. And my dad was like 100% behind it. And we got all the transport. Uh, Woodfield Ford supplied the transport trucks. And uh, we actually had three transport trucks at one time. Uh, so it, it was an exciting time, really, in my well, life. Well, this is why Mike Gray and I like you, because you're so humble. Yeah. Um, you obviously have to have talent to go right through that field. There was some heck of a great set of racers. And after, and after you raced that, uh, that Comet in 65, you know, right. you, to, you, you were picked up by the Tasca Ford. Uh, well, Tasca, here's what happened the, there. Yeah, Tasca, you, raced the, you raced their Mustang, didn't you? You got Well, one originally, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Bill Lawton drove that car. And then um, what took place was they only had that car one year. And I, I found out uh, uh, really doing, I was hired to, this is many years later, about five years ago, six years ago. I was hired uh, to, to actually find out about the car so i at the time the uh, tasca had turned that car into holman and moody right. holman and moody uh gave it to um you know uh, the guy from uh bondy long right from uh from uh dupont corporation his mother was from dupont corporation so uh it, the we wound up and bondy made a deal with us he was running nascar uh, ned jarrett was his driver and he was running NASCAR and he said, well, you want to take this car for a year or a day? Sure. You know, we take it. And uh, it was a great car. It was, that car was a fabulous car. I mean, yeah, it was, I mean come that on, was man. number one. That car was the VIN number, number one in an AFX. Uh, what what a cool story. And I remember uh, them talking about uh, there was that uh, 68 Cars magazine meet. And then the reason why you became one of my heroes is that you, in that car, beat Grumpy Jenkins, which is one that, of I wasn't a fan of Grumpy. <laughs> it was fantastic. That really, uh, I had won a lot of match races, but in 1968, um, whenever we went to Cars Magazine meet at Cecil County, and we were running there, and the final round came up against Bill Jenkins. Uh, and, you know, needless to say, <laughs> there was the audience was a little split there. But uh, we uh, managed to shut their mouths. But uh, anyway, we God run that. Bless you. And Ford, Ford appreciate. You know, that's why I'm saying, Mike and I believe that um, as, as in our going careers, when you do something high visibility, Ford seems to pay attention. And that, that's, I mean, obviously, they're not going to supply you with engines and, um, you know, sh show up with a body in white for you for that 69 car, unless you got talent and it looks like you're going places. So, yeah, um, that 69 car. When I saw you at Carlisle, I said, that's it. And then how in the heck, uh, I don't know how we stumbled on. You had a radio show. You were in, you were interviewing all of your, basically, Sam, be honest, you're interviewing all your friends. Well, uh, there was a few. 
<laughs> the greatest names in racing, as you call it. So did you get on, you were on a, you had a radio show and now you're doing podcasts. I see you on YouTube. You're not done racing around in this performance world. No, no, not, a, not at all. I, uh, I, I love the business. Uh, it, it never gets out of your blood. I mean, let's face it, it'll be there until you croak. Uh, so it, it, it's just a, you know, uh, the things I managed to do and then the 69 car really was the, the one when I come back and beat Bill Jenkins again in the finals. Yeah, you did it. In the it 69. was <laughs> fabulous. I mean, you couldn't have, you know, there was, uh, I got pictures of me getting the check and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, well, you being a celebrity back in 1968, 69, um, it's no less than uh, last year or the year before or the year before or the year before, uh, in at Carlisle for nationals. And that's when Mike and I, when we saw you were doing that show, we said, you know what, we would start waving at you and you go, Hey, that guy had, uh, maybe those guys are important. Maybe I better put them on our show. <laughs> so Mike, how did you, how did you, uh, finagle sam and just spend at least a few minutes with you and talking about the hobby yeah that was absolutely fun sam uh it was back in 2015 and uh at that time i yeah. was the national director for sbtoa um and we were down there doing our huge event for that year and um john we were walking by and you know i think you had just finished up doing a show with sam and i was coming to get you and introduced you and uh you know, talked to Sam, met him, and it was great. And I think the next day I was on the show and then did a great show with him. And uh, it's one of my favorite pictures. And Carlisle, you know, once you go there, it's the people that you see every year. And there's some people you make sure you just seek out to see them each and every year. And I think we do that. And Sam's at the top of our list for sure. Well, I appreciate, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy to get the right mix of people uh, to uh, interview, you know, and, uh, uh, there's, there's a few that, uh, got a little, uh, screwed up on, but, uh, they, Sam, they I got a question it. for you. Sure. What is, so what's your, of your whole racing career, what was your favorite, um, actual, uh, track? Oh, well, I would have to say, um, I'd have to say Cecil County, mm -hmm. you know, right. it, it just, I mean, I've, we ran, you know, obviously the quote, big tracks, uh, like, uh, uh, Pomona and, uh, uh, Texas down there at Houston and, uh, Gator Nationals down in Florida. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the ones you really remember, uh, is whenever you have the, the talent that shows up at Cecil County that, uh, just, you know, I mean, you look around when you're getting ready to to go around and and you think, wow, man, this is tough. This is, this is not going to be an easy one, you know. And uh, so, you know, you look at it and you say, gosh, it's the right fit. And it's the right car and it's the right. Uh, it, it all it all works out, you know, in that day and time. And, well, and Sam, right the, now you, um, you know, Mike Ray is very busy selling Ford products. And one of the hottest sellers he's got is the Ford Maverick. And yeah. I know that you actually raced a Maverick when it was a car. Yeah. Was that a 427 you put in that Maverick? That was a 427 camera. Oh, geez. that was a camera in that car. So uh, it, it, uh, it, it was a great car. Uh, we, you know, this was a time 
whenever NHRA came up with this brilliant idea of pro stock. Yeah, you did pro and, stock. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> as much as you want to say it was a super success, uh, it, it really was a tough deal. And because we like Nicholson, Don Nicholson and, uh, uh, and then me, uh, and uh, gosh, I can't remember the other guy from, uh, actually he was from Detroit. And, uh, but, you know, it, it was tough because we came into a different environment. I mean, we came from, from match racing and a super light car and, you know, all yeah. these other things that, that, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're scratching our heads saying, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, but, uh, and we got out to Pomona and uh, for the 70 Maverick and we get out there and, and I hate to say this, but the big Ford teams that had the trucks and all uh, that had Ford on them and Ford had supplied to them, like you replied and uh, Ed Terry and those guys there, they couldn't qualify. Just the three of us, me and Nicholson and uh, Dick Lore was the other guy's name. Yep. We were the only three that could qualify. Yeah, here so, you had these factories. You know, Ford wants to sell and get exposure for that new car, the Maverick. And, you know, your, your partner had a tunnel port. You ran the camera finally. And, and you know, it's an all new car, different. Pro stock was a different beast. And uh, going oh. out there in 70, and I thought, I saw pictures of Sam and a Maverick. If Mike Ray could get you in a Maverick, it wouldn't look like that. No, I, well, we could paint it like that. Mike, Mike do you have any turbos <laughs> left at Gorno Ford? Yeah, you know, and you know those those all the orders for twenty two Mavericks are actually shut down now. I can't even order one anymore. This oh, this uh, chip shortage and this you know commodity shortage is just killing the automotive industry uh, currently. All all because Sam Oxy Jr. in nineteen seventy made yeah. the Maverick name something. <laughs> that special. was right. But then but then Sam, you, you dumped that the, in the next year. I saw a photo of you in a seventy one big horse Mustang. Yeah, you, you know, did you build that car? Yeah, we built that car and got that from Ford Body in White. Yeah, oh and uh, that car was a, a very successful car. Everybody thought it was super heavy. Yeah, but the the reality was the car was was very lightweight, and the engine in that particular year, seventy one, that engine was set back. Uh, way more than the than the newer models were or the older models were so it was really funny you know we come back and if you if you get a side picture of the car you see wow the headers are all the way back (laughs) back here you know well our uh, local uh our buddy mike and i have a buddy named mike berardi a ford director who's became a after retired became a ultra collector and he loves the big body mustangs and seeing that car uh it just looks like it weighs ten thousand pounds but it, it was pretty you pull the wheels pretty easily Oh yeah, I mean it was, it handled great. It uh, it launched great. It did everything, and we, we of course had the camera motor in that, and right. uh, it it just worked out fantastic. I mean, well, well, my car. favorites, Sam. I hate to, you know, I know Mike likes to think about the tracks you loved and all the cars, he, the pictures we've seen you in, <laughs> but I think my favorite of all is seeing you in that helmet smashed into a 1971 Pinto. Yeah, all right. Well, that, that little tiny wheel, how that had no wheelbase. That's uh, just like driving a transmission. I mean, yeah, I that was about it. It was, <laughs> you know, uh, we were uh, back in 71, we had our Maryland high performance sales. We had a speed shop, which we actually specialized in race car only type things. 
Uh, we didn't do any of the chrome wheels or any of that stuff. So anyway, uh, that car uh, just fits so perfect. And Don Hardy was a big customer of ours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or we were a big customer of theirs, put it that way. <laughs> so Don, uh, it, you know, we had, uh, Don was building cars. And I said, okay, let's, let's build one. And uh, of course, uh, that car, oh my gosh, uh, that car, it was, it was, it was a, uh, I, I don't like to use the words a killer, but that car was uh, trying to kill you. Yeah, well, but, Don, uh, Don Nicholson got all the headlines in his Pinot, but uh, you, to see your Pinot, uh, that thing couldn't have weighed anything. It was, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I, I raced a Pinot with a two liter in it at Detroit Dragway. <laughs> of course, it was a it was a Formula 2000 motor with four side draft Delortos and made 190 horsepower. Yeah. Could figure, I was sport compact before it was cool. But right. you're stuffing, you're stuffing <laughs> the biggest monster Ford motor into that car to, to see you oh, drive it, that. Yeah. I mean, you were, a, you were a billboard for Ford Motor Company. It was a Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, and it was a high port Cleveland. And uh, uh, I, I got some stuff from Jack Roush. Yeah. Uh, and Jack... Uh, you know, he was pretty good to work with, but, uh, but we wound up, uh, Hardy built the car and that car, um, it was, a, it was hard to handle. I mean, it was all you could do just to hang on. And I, I'll never forget my, my younger brother, uh, used to tell me, uh, because he'd help us at the track, of course. And, uh, he'd say to me, after I come back from a run, he said, don't you realize how sideways you are in the lights down there when you're finish line? I said, what do you mean? I said, I, I, no, I don't. I, I said, I usually got my eyes closed by then, you know? <laughs> so, well, Sam, car. I got to tell you, the only guy more sideways than you on the track is Mike Ray when he's heading to a Moxa meeting on, a, <laughs> on a, the second Tuesday of each month. Mike, you have to admit when we see a guy like Sam Oxford Jr., walking around at Carlisle just like a regular guy it's one of the reasons why you stop your golf cart and pick him up <laughs> absolutely and definitely Sam has seen us on our golf cart that's for sure there you go <laughs> but but Mike you, well, the, the thing we have to really impress upon people is the guys like Sam uh, and he's you're just a gregarious sort and to be at Carlisle hanging with the, the great unwashed the rest of us uh, <laughs> not in the glory days of Ford you're just uh, you're what make Carlisle cool and Mike and I, and, I don't know, you Mike, know it, right 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 around the corner from him is Lee Holman. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Lee. I mean, you yeah. know, it's there's a lot of history and you know, everybody like I always call Carlisle the who's who of everybody in uh, the Ford world is uh, usually there represented, it's, and uh, that's right. why it's our favorite show. Yeah, you know, uh, I speaking of Lee Holman uh, when I was doing the research for the. Uh, a Bawani car, the 65 uh, Tasca car. Uh, that car, um, uh, of course, originated at Holman and Moody when his dad was operating the place. So, but I called Lee and I, I was like, uh, you know, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I was a little bit hesitant to ask him this. And I said, you know, is there any way I can look at the records and the books? And I need to find out exactly when this car was, you know, it's history when it was built and all that stuff. And Lee says, hey, no problem. He says, I, and I stopped in down there in, in Charlotte and I sat down there. At the, he says, sit down here at the computer. And he says, I'll go to this page and you can look at it all you want. And I said, 
Gosh. So I went in there and looked at it, found out it was the number one car. Uh, the AFX car was number one uh, of the whole 10 that were built. And uh, I thought, wow, this the new owner is going to be happy about that news, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway. Well, uh, that's, that's Lee is another one of those guys who's, like Mike says, you know, the, the whole history of the fact that you guys take time out of your lives and go to Carlisle and hang with the Ford enthusiast community is just, it makes, it just makes that show so extra special. We're just honored to know you. We have a lot of fun with you there. We wish we get to see you. Oh, I love it. You know, yeah, I but, love it. I, I like hanging out with you guys. And, uh, but, but Sam, all this time I've known you and I've been on your show. I don't know why you interview me. I'm just, uh, you know, a, a club. No, you got like that Mike. Ford name there, you know. Well, yeah. For 20, this is my 25th <laughs> year working for Ford Motor Company. Is that right? Yeah, wow. Uh, 10 years with SVT, 10 years with Ford Racing, and now all these these last five with Ford Performance. It's been something. But I got to hey, tell you, the, the issue we have is you said, you threatened me that if I ever got to interview you and be on this side of the microphone you'd tell me how you change camshafts in the pits or something in 15 minutes what was that uh, yeah yeah that's uh, yeah i did that uh yeah what? don't believe don't believe that crap either you know no, uh, Mike, no. do you believe that he changed camshafts <laughs> in 15 minutes no but i heard somebody else say they changed it you know I, that's enough for me I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's gonna happen to me <laughs> some racer i I interviewed at Carlisle. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a you racers, you're worse than fishermen. Yeah, right. You are. We, you're the, you're we the have worst. been able to tell a few lies, you know. <laughs> well, today we have a whole new world of uh, drag racing. I know. Uh, for oh, years after John Force left the Ford camp, um, you know, there was a belief in Ford Motor Company that drag racing did not have the appeal to young people, but now we're seeing oh, uh, it, it's it's still exciting and it's still drawing crowds. We, when we go to uh, any a drag racing event, we see people there. And, you know, the sad thing is, Sam, is Mike, I don't know, did you see this, that the last public um, uh, quarter mile drag strip in Southern California just closed? And they wonder is that why right? People, yeah. They're no, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's the last one. And they wonder why people are smashing, uh, killing themselves on the street. Yeah, uh, right. you know, drag racing definitely has a, a part in American society. And Sam Oxer Jr., we want to thank you for the role that you played, not just for Ford Motor Company, but for all the Ford fans and enthusiasts out there, Mustang, Maverick, Pino, Comet, whatever, <laughs> Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I certainly I appreciate everything, you know, to be asked to be on the show and to um you know, give a part of my history uh, to me is great. And, and to bring my uh, dad into it, who uh, uh, without him, there would be no history. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike, you, here, often, here. you often say that Mike, that, you know, if your family's into cars and your dad or your brothers are into this hobby, it, it does kind of make it a family thing. And I know your dad had a big role in your, your automotive life, Mike, isn't that the truth? I wouldn't be in the automotive world at all without my dad. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, just, I'm the same way, I, you know, without well, then, then you have to tell us now for all those listening uh, who are planning to go to the Carlisle Ford Nationals, the 2022 edition, Sam, are you going to be there? Uh, I will be there. Yes. Uh, in, in what capacity? I, I do not know. I have not received any information. So uh, uh, I don't know. It, it might be with with you all. Uh, you know, <laughs> In the golf we will have cart. The cart for sure, Sam. We might be in the golf cart. That's where I might be. You know, find well, a golf cart. 
Ford Performance <laughs> does plan to have a couple of seminars there. I will tell you what, you are invited to come to our Ford Performance seminars for the clubs, and we'd like to see you there. Um, maybe I'll get some pictures of that Maverick and have you sign photos for the fans there. Hey, there you go. I got, jeez, uh, I got, in fact, I've got uh, some newer ones that uh, that are in beautiful color. So, oh, you, uh, well, you might want to bring them. More Mike, can you, Mike, can you carry those in your golf cart? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and you, you know, Sam, I am the official driver of the John Clore, right? Oh, you don't have to drive him, do you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, see, I stop and I, I see little kids and I give them toy cars and I hand out wristbands and I'm, Mike, we don't go 15 feet in that stupid cart. We'll stop. <laughs> People say we don't go five feet. Uh, and it was funny. We had one of the, the Ford girls with us. It was her new and it was her first event she was ever at last year. And she couldn't oh. believe how we were getting stopped literally every five feet. <laughs> Is that right? And just think if we had Sam Oxier Jr. on the cart with us. Uh, they would have th <laughs> thrown you all off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, I thank you. Mike, you know, you're, you're so right. We're going to plan on meeting up with Sam at the Carlisle Ford Nationals this first weekend in June this year. And Sam, again, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for spending this time with the Mustang owners and telling your great story. And hopefully you'll have a lot more stories to share once we get down the road a little bit with you and have oh, yeah. more fun in this thing we call the Mustang hobby. There you go. I tell you, it's a great hobby. It sure is. <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening in again to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And we invite you to check it out every every single week get online on apple or spotify and check out the mustang owners podcast you never really know what great ford celebrity or ford club person we're going to be talking to next so this is john clore and for my co-host mike gray and sam oxford jr thanks for joining us and we'll catch you down the road